Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As you may have heard over the past few months, I've been urging people to donate a monthly pledge amount to this show's Patreon campaign. The objective was to raise $500 by the end of August 2015 or else the show would end. Now, this ransom plan was hatched upon the advice of some successful crowdsourcers who suggested that the threat would yield the desired result. Well, it turns out that you do not negotiate with terrorists. By August 31st, Creative Control had raised $326 in monthly Patreon pledges falling short of $500 a month. So, now what? I'll get to that in a second. First, though, I'd like to say that the reason that I took my friend Colin Medley's advice and started a Patreon page is that I was exhausting myself. I was pouring all of this energy into chasing interesting guests, producing the show, and posting two episodes a week. And basically, I forced myself into a job with long hours that doesn't pay anything. No one asked me to do it, and despite the fact that I have some very smart, very loyal, and very kind listeners, I don't think there's that huge demand for this show and what I do. The show has not been reaching the audience. It probably should be, and that's on me, and I can't, you know, there's only so much I can do about that. But, as you know, I love doing the show. I love talking to people who make and do interesting things, and... Despite my fumbling, we often have insightful conversations. And then Colin suggested uh, recently that we ask some past guests and listeners to send in video clips and testimonials about their thoughts on the show, and, and some people did that, and those words and feelings have been really heartening and overwhelming. You can see those on the Creative Control YouTube page, uh, or you can see them on, on the Facebook page as well. Anyway, the, the again, the point is, what happens now? What happens now that I puffed out my chest and said, pay me $500 or else I am out of here? Do I let that dollar amount diminish my passion for doing a show that has a minimal but clearly strong resonance? I think the answer is yes, and I think the answer is no. Like I said, I made this into an untenable job, but at least I'm the boss. I have several interview commitments left to fulfill, and I'm going to tend to those. I also have some segment ideas and places that I think I could take this podcast to. You know, at least occasionally this would help me branch out from the usual raw, uncut interview format that you've been hearing. Maybe I'd do some 
panel discussions or even some radio documentary episodes. Those are things that I have been contemplating. The point is, I'm still really juiced about the potential that this show and this medium has uh, for me, as for you, and as someone who does okay interviewing people, uh, I'm enjoying myself still. But it can't quite be the job I've made it into, given the material conditions I find myself in. I think $326 a month from Patreon donors is very generous. And it'd be great if that kept growing, frankly. You know, it'd be great. It's not too late to pledge, really. And, you know, I have a day job and several freelance writing posts that keep my family and I stable financially. But all of those take up a lot of my ta- my time, right? And, I mean, I just, you heard what I said there. I, I, I mentioned my family. They also require my, my time, my attention, and my money. So, in consideration of time and money, and, and you who support the show by listening to it and talking about it, let me say this. This show will continue on in some form. However, it may not have a consistent release schedule. There might be three episodes one week. There might be no episodes for two weeks. I'm going to have to be more judicious with the time I spend on this thing and, and, and how much time I spend working on it. I'm going to work on it when I feel psyched to share something with you. The best ways to keep up with the show are on Twitter, at Vish Creative, the Facebook page, my site, vishkana.com, the Creative Control YouTube channel, and my dormant newsletter, which you can sign up for at vishkana.com. I'll get that going again regularly. Look, I'm sorry if it feels like I'm whining or pleading with you about how hard the podcasting life has been for me. It's really a, a joy to speak with people and make this show and contribute something to cultural conversations. I, I, li- I like it. I'm told it resonates with some people. And I feel lucky that you listen to it. I hope I will make new episodes for you as long as I am able to. And, you know, once again, thanks for listening. Fuck it. Let's make more shows. Creative Control with Vish On this episode, Ike Turner. No, not that Ike Turner. This one is younger, whiter, nicer, and alive. Ike Turner is a, a musician from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I'm a fan of his band Minutes, and he's also in a few other bands. You're going to hear about those on this episode, and you'll hear some songs by his band Minutes. Ike recently went on a very long bicycle trip across a a few of the United States of America, so I wanted to catch up with him, since he got off his bicycle and I can catch up with him, uh, to find out what the trip was like and what's just going on. What what, what is going on with Ike Turner in Kalamazoo, Michigan? So that's what you'll hear. So this is myself and Ike Turner, again, the nicer, younger, whiter, alive Ike Turner. On the show, enjoy this one. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Spy, The Diary of a Teenage Girl, Samba, Amy, and more. And at the E-Bar and various other venues in town, the first annual Rockzilla Music Festival takes place September 4th. The Bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. For more information about their hours, listings, blogs, accessibility, and directions, please visit bookshelf.ca.
criticism's creeping in Get off your ass Ike Turner is a musician and professor based in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Primarily a drummer, Turner is best known for playing in amazing bands like Minutes, Brown Company, and recently the Book Burners. He recently also went on a very long bike ride across some of the United States of America, and so it seemed like a good time to catch up with him. Here to discuss some of these things is Ike Turner. Uh, hi, Ike. How are you? I'm great. I'm great, Fish. Thank you for calling me. No, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It's it's Vish, by the way. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's my, my, my dumb American thing. <laughs> I, uh, I got it. I'm, oh, wait. Oh, let me say that again. I'm sorry. No, so. yeah, that, that, that was very Canadian. <laughs> that was good. No, we. Uh, I, I have a, a tendency to not correct people or correct people. It's a, it's a thing. I'm just. I just want you to know that it's it's actually Vish. So you, just so we're on the same. It'd be weird if I called you Ick. Yes. <laughs> right. Of course, of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you yeah. you're Ike is short for Isaac. That is, but Ike, when you look at the word, it's not a normal looking word. No, not at all. Not at all. That's for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there you go. I just wanted to, to get on the same ground as you. Now, now, where are you today, Ike? Today I am in, um, I'm in my home in Kalamazoo, Michigan, um, just getting ready for a new semester that starts in, I guess, a week and a half or so, mm-hmm. uh, hanging out with my family, and uh, yeah, I've been enjoying some time off here, so it's been really great. Now, where do you teach exactly? I teach at a community college uh, here in Kalamazoo. It's called Kalamazoo Valley Community College. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what the equivalent is in Canada. Uh, it's a two-year school. I don't know what the equivalent is there. So. Um, but is it a, so we, the distinction that we tend to make is that in Canada we have universities and we also have uh, community colleges or colleges. Uh, so you're saying that this is some kind of... And I don't know how to, to describe... Do you know the distinction between like a... Okay, so how about this? We would have a university, like Harvard. Harvard is a university, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And in here, this would be a two-year school um, that would allow you either to gain some sort of certificate to go into the work world or more, more often than not, people take their general education requirements at our college and then scoot on off to university somewhere. So right. So it's it's. Uh, I don't know if this is uh, uh, in any way offensive to anyone, but it's sort of a vocational based program at your college, as opposed to an airy fairy. I'm going to read, you know, Emily Dickinson like <laughs> kind of thing, you know, and I gotta find yeah. myself by the end of the four years. It's not like that. Right. Right. I, although I do make them read plenty of Emily Dickinson. It is, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, like a, a tech school or, vo- or vocational school. That's right. Yeah, because yeah, I, I have I have an undergraduate degree from a university. I have a master's degree from a university. So when I make fun of that, I'm doing so from personal experience. I'm just saying, uh, yeah. and here I am, you know, I, I'm doing what I can. I don't know if what I'm doing is directly relevant to my course of study. I think it is. I like to think it is. But, yeah. uh, but, but if someone goes to a, a college like the one in Kalamazoo, they are likely uh, specifically heading down a vocational path. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we have, um, you know, terminal-type degrees like uh, nursing degrees and respiratory therapy and things along those lines, too. So it's, it's pretty – and it's a huge school. Um, you know, it's a really – really, actually, you know what? I have nothing but positive to say about my job and yeah. and all that. It's been really cool. So it's, They're called terminal degrees. That sounds deadly almost. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It's like uh, 
Logan's run, man. You, <laughs> you broke at the end. Your your light goes out in your hand or whatever. <laughs> so, what is your I, I, what is your course of uh, uh, what do you teach? What are you teaching exactly? Yeah, I have um, I have uh, a ten, my tenure is in the English program, so I teach writing and literature and creative writing. Um, and then maybe what it's most, what I'm maybe most known for at my work is I teach the history of rock and roll as well. Um, and I teach, uh, that's, those I do is kind of overload, but it's been, yeah, that's been a real pleasure. It's like when you're a little kid and you think about, oh, what do you want to do, you know, when you grow up? Um, I honestly can say, I, I was like, I, I just want to talk about music. And yeah, sure, sure. I've so, been there, I've been there too. Yeah, I did the same thing. When you yeah. say the history of rock and roll, uh, how far back do you go? How how close to now do you get? Oh, um, I go as far back as you know the primordial ooze. You know, oh the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds hokey to say, but the ancient rhythm. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> that that, that, that together, you definitely know, so. sounded hokey, but I, I know what you're saying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right. Yeah. So you're, yeah, or whenever, you, whenever, yeah, whenever you know, Adam is riding a dinosaur, I don't know, whatever <laughs> happens way back when. Um, and I try to end in, you know, the 2000s or even if at, in my wildest dreams, 2015. And in the past couple years, I haven't been able to do that. I mean, I've been able to talk about digital, you know, the digital uh, media, I don't know, kerfuffle. Sure, sure. Uh, and how that influences art and how that influences rock music. I've been able to talk about those things, um, but no, I haven't been able to talk much about newer music from this era uh, the past five years. You know, it, it, that's, it gets bogged that's still down pretty, so it, That's pretty great if you're going from primordial ooze to even like 2010. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I, I feel like I cover a lot of ground. I should say we cover. I, this is a critical co-investigation. It's not just me. Um, I feel I feel I feel like we cover a lot of ground, you know, during during the class, and I feel really strongly about when I get to the 1940s. I feel I think that the class really shines. So okay, so and do you have particular texts you teach from? Do you have units? Yeah, no, you know, I I use a textbook. I mean, there are, I've reviewed oh, countless rock and roll history textbooks, and they all I don't know. Uh, I, I don't mean to talk disparagingly about a book. <laughs> uh, but they all just suck, and so I have gone to this sort of insane study guide that I've uh, developed over the past decade by myself. I think now it's up to about a hundred pages. It's completely bonkers. Oh, and I just bring in a study guide every every lecture, and each class is three hours. Um, it is. I mean, it's an excuse for some kids to get totally blown out and want to talk about Pink Floyd and <laughs> sure 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 like a dorm room in there sometimes but but it's cool you know it um it's it it kids are kids students seem pretty engaged usually so if you've got a hundred or so page study guide almost already created then is there a book in your future like is this something you could translate into something <laughs> that that replaces these terrible rock texts you're talking about <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think there might be, um, I've got, yeah, I've got these kind of weird goals, uh, uh, maybe everybody does, but yeah, that is, that's one of them. I'd like to develop that on, uh, on a, kind of roll a, uh, sabbatical into a summer, you know what I mean? Right, right. 
you know, it's basically like taking eight months off or something. I'd like to do that sometime and just knuckle down and, and try to create a, a manageable text for for anybody who teaches the history of rock and roll. That isn't, I mean, what the problem with these books, and I, you can stop me if I'm getting... No, 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 I, I'm fascinated. I, you know, I'm immersed in the history of rock and roll myself. I took a... I took at least one, maybe two university courses at the Airy Ferry University I went to. Uh, yeah. Like the history of, uh, what was the, I think it was called the history of pop music or something like that, or pop culture and music. And uh, I enjoyed it. You know, yeah. at the time I was 19 or 20 or 21 and probably was a bit of a know-it-all. Um, sure. Just as someone who was very, it was a general survey course kind of thing. And I obviously I was very immersed well not obviously I guess but I was very immersed in music from a very young age so I was like I know this you know I was yeah. that guy you probably get that do you get those people in your classes they're like I know all that stuff oh definitely yeah. I mean the two the two types are I know all that stuff um, or why aren't we talking about the doors you know uh -huh. <laughs> or, why, uh -huh. or why aren't we talking about Grateful Dead and, and my answer often is I'm not certain what I can tell you that you don't know about the doors, but maybe you haven't heard of Noi, or maybe you haven't heard of Quicksilver Messenger Service. Or oh, not, you know, maybe, interesting. Maybe there's something else that we can that we can talk about that will shed light on your experience with the doors or whatever. You know? Oh, I see. So, so is it, it? I mean, I wish I'd seen a syllabus or something before we'd uh, spoken, just so I knew what you were talking about. Are you are you kind of getting into the underground of the history of rock and roll as much as you can? Yeah, you know, it's kind of two um, parallel lines. Um, one is I have to cover quite a bit of what you you know what we would call the mainstream, obviously, because those are the things that have huge cultural ramifications. Yeah. Obviously, we all know there are a hundred. We know that you know Winoni Harris was first, and we know that uh, you know all these people were first in, to the to the first rock and roll song. We know that you know. Uh, 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 Trixie Turner or whatever, all these people are first to the first rock song, but their cultural ramifications do not um, land the same way that, say, a Chuck Berry's cultural ramifications do. Right. So we need to stay in the main mainstream, but when I have a chance, I throw in there these little barbs um, or these little, what I kind of, I mean, again, this I, I call mini-lectures, on Krautrock, on glam rock even. I mean, I mean, that's a huge thing. That was a huge thing in England. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but people seem to have kind of forgotten about it for some reason in my classes I see. On, on Riot Girl, I'm, I'm kind of even expanding my lecture on Riot Girl movement of the early 90s. I know you're familiar with this, but... Well, no, 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 no I mean, we're speaking, in a sense, this is like... Uh, <laughs> this conversation is a lot like a classroom because there will be people listening who don't know anything about what we're talking about. They don't know you. They may not even know me. But sure. <laughs> but I think that speaking, that's one thing that you, it's interesting when you get into specialty podcasts or specialty, specialty lectures or conversations, those are really enriching for the people who know the specialty. Like if sure. you're a baseball fanatic and you listen to, people talking about baseball in a very, um, you know, nuanced way or, or you know, in, a, in a way that it's sort of, well, literally inside baseball, you know what I mean? Like it's, oh, yeah. they're not really catering to the tourists or whatever. I mean, I don't sure. think of my show, I feel like, I hope anyway, you, you worry sometimes when you make a show like this or when you have 
this type of conversation that oh are we are we are we heading towards some kind of insularity here um are we are we doing something where people are going to feel alienated so i i like the idea that you're teaching this survey class mm-hmm. potentially to people who don't know, who, who want to know about music not necessarily think they know everything about it and you're trying to cover the the whole spectrum of of the rock and roll experience so to speak Oh, absolutely, and and sometimes it um, it lands beautifully, and it's awesome, and everything is great. And then sometimes, I mean, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school. Um, at one point in my career, I I, I did a, a lecture on outsider music. You know what we would call outsider music? Sure. Say, you know, whatever it goes back to Spike Jones, and then on through say the Shags. And I was playing a Shags song. It might have been the the my tell foot foot. You know. Sure. And a student had a seizure in class and started because of the song. Around. I I I um I think there was a pre-existing condition, but well, yeah. the next time I was able to speak with the student, it was like, oh, that music, man, that messed me up, dude. Like it was a oh, really weird trigger whoa. for the person. So every once in a while, you even have like that's about as an extreme reaction as you could get from a record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mean to laugh. That's very. That's almost. That's frightening. I mean, I. Imagine. Oh, it was super frightening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was also kind of. I remember just walking home that day and just thinking, "Well, yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense." Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. maybe I should take it a little easier on some of the uh, more challenging things. Is that yeah. what? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't play. I don't play too much of metal machine music. You know? <laughs> so. uh, you know, you and I, I think, if we're familiar with each other at all, it's mostly because of various punk rock networks that we kind of that intersect and. Um, yep. I think I really uh, got into your band Minutes because um, our mutual acquaintance, Stephen Sally, had posted something about it on Facebook. Oh, that's so nice. That's yeah. I, Literally, he posted the, a thing to your band camp, and I, I actually clicked on it. You know, so you get so many things that we see from our friends, and we don't always click on them, but I clicked on it, and I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. I love the band, as you know, and um, so... We, we we are in that realm. Can you 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 clearly are aligned with a subterranean music scene, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, I um, yeah, I mean, identifying is weird, right? But I certainly identify as a punk, and uh, and I um, I'm very very yeah. I mean, I'm very happy to be to have the friends I do in music. Um, I mean, I suppose are you talking about the PRF? There's the there's the PRF, which is the Electrical Audio Forum. For those who don't, we're getting insular. I don't want to get insular. There's the sure. <laughs> there's the Premier Rock Forum. It's the Electrical Audio Forum, right? Right. There's right, that. Right. Right. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's I guess that's primarily what I am talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, I mean, if I could just say it this way, I feel yeah, I feel super happy to. Um, have a lot of my favorite bands are also like my favorite people to hang out with, you know, and, sure. um, you know, I mean, I, I, if you know, Steven, you probably know Matt, uh, Barnhart maybe, or have, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, yeah. Uh, his, I, I don't know that I know Matt actually, but go ahead. Yeah. He works. I think he works now at Chicago mastering and. Oh yes, you know, I do he, know. Yes, I do know of him. I don't know him personally. I do know of him. Yeah. I think he's worked yeah, on he, some records of friends of mine. Yeah. There you go. Well, I think I think he mastered the last uh, Mets album. That's right. They were raving about that because I think they were reaching out to Bob Weston about doing some mastering, and Bob's schedule didn't allow for it. But then Matt did it, and they were very thrilled with what he had done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 
And uh, so he, he, he has this band called Trey Orsi, and this is like a, I mean, I, I mean, this is, I talk about them in the same breath that I'll talk about, say, Neil Young or PJ Harvey, right? Oh, this, this, that's right. how important their music is to me, you know? And uh, they made one full-length record and a seven-inch. Their full-length record is a perfect album, and this is a dude that is just a friend. Like, <laughs> 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 you, know, you know, seven-year-old North Dakota me, where I grew up, you know, long ways away from any of this stuff, is still just sort of like, oh, my God, I get to talk to people that make art that... I love, and that means something to me, and you know that's that's the beauty I think of that community kind of yeah, know. I think there's uh when you when you are part of such a community uh there's this leveling of the the playing field and and it's always uh heartening when uh people who you might think I know that I've told people that I've spoken to so and so or they're like, what like how'd you do that? I'm like, I don't know, I just called them up, and they said, sure, <laughs> I mean that's one of the main pieces of feedback i might get about this show that you're on or whatever it's like how what the, how do you get those people and i'm like i don't know i just ask and they say yes or no like there's not really a thing to it and, and i mean some of the people are part of this community you're describing you know um yeah they're just they're i think that well i don't know but i think with the social media stuff or whatever a lot more people are a lot more accessible than they've ever been but when mm -hmm. i think about the f fact that the first time I would have, as a little kid, emailed Ian Mackay or somebody, oh and, yeah, and, and they respond, yeah, that changes your attitude towards a lot of things. As a kid, you're just like it certainly does. When people write to me, I try to respond as much as I can, and just because it, you're like, oh, that like it's just nice to be nice. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah. these people are not some untouchable. Uh, as a kid, you look up to musicians, right, or or any artist, because you think they're on some higher plane and they're above you. And mm -hmm. as you get older, you realize, no, or I remember, I think I was, I would read, uh, as a kid, I would read like Beatles biographies. And there was a section where they were like, and of course Ringo got sick and he couldn't do this leg of the tour. So they brought in a new person. And I was like, Ringo gets yeah. sick. Yeah. The Australian tour, right? Oh, yeah. they, <laughs> there, you would remember that. Sure. I, I don't know <laughs> if it was the Australian tour. You're the professor, buddy. I, I can't remember that <laughs> particular fact, but it's that that yeah, yeah. that humanizing of them, like oh, he got sick and he couldn't do something like that. I think I that as a kid, I was like, oh, the Beatles were just human beings. Like, you know, at some point yeah. you realize we're all just human beings, and um, some of us do special things, but that doesn't necessarily make us as people special or or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I you, absolutely know. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice to be uh, the part of a, a little network. Now you're you're from Kalamazoo. I don't know a whole ton about. Uh, the Kalamazoo music scene or music community, uh, presumably mm -hmm. there is one. Uh, does it have a... Do you get into this, uh, the history of your own city's uh, music uh, in your classes or anything? You know what? I feel... Um, I mean, I try to occasionally... I get into Michigan music history. Um, I've lived in Michigan since 2003, so a good while now, but I'm from North Dakota. Right. So I obviously have this sort of like you know, regional attachment to, to the Midwest, but then to maybe to North Dakota. Um, Kalamazoo's music scene is, um, I think, very vibrant. There is, from, from, for the part of it that I'm directly involved with, there is an incredible kind of um, house show DIY trip here, you know, where um, a, a really, really incredible house called the Mill House 
here okay. in Kalamazoo that um, puts on just the best shows. I mean, this is where my band, my other band, Minutes, you know, we we played with just some incredible people at this house. Um, and they've connected so many people. I mean, recently I played with uh, the Shanks from Toronto. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, really interesting, weird dudes. And, and it, yeah, I mean, it, the, the DIY thing is great. The music um, is all over the map in Kalamazoo. There's a huge blues scene here, uh, like a really, you know, kind of uh, established blues scene. And then I don't know what to, I don't know what to kind of call this kind of music. It's what I would have called adult contemporary or triple A um, bluegrass <laughs> kind of music. There's a really huge trip here with that type of music. Um, I'm speaking out of my area of expertise when I talk about that type of music because I don't understand it very well, so therefore I don't know how to speak about it, but like acoustic guitars and that type of thing. Is there a, is there a music festival that kind of galvanizes that community? or? Oh, geez, I mean... Uh, uh, I, don't, I mean, in, I mean in Kalamazoo. I, for some reason, oh, I, in my head, I have it. There's a festival in Michigan that kind of... Yeah, well, there's a there's one called Wheatland, which is north of us uh, a ways, and that's where all of these folks will play. Okay. Um, and then occasionally, like Richard Buckner will come play there too, or something. You know, someone that is more. You know, that's a guy I I have admired my, you know, since I started buying records or whatever. So sure, sure. You know, so there will be crossover there, um, and they there's a bunch of really great uh, established venues in Kalamazoo too. One called Bells which is a, a brewery and then a, a venue and everything. And they're starting to have more punk rock shows there. Um, Speedy Ortiz and, and Tailhound are coming through in a couple weeks to play. Um, and, you know, so there's, there's a bunch of great stuff going on here. Um, mostly I'd like to say, too, there's just really great people in the scene, just really kind, wonderful political people in the scene. So. Okay. Is it, I mean, Michigan has a weird rap of, of, for being... I mean, I think I, some people's version of Michigan comes from like Michael Moore films, you know, where there's oh yeah this idea of there's yeah, really for, good for pe- food or pets, right? Right, yeah, right, the- and and also <laughs> militias, and you know, when I whenever I drive through Michigan, I'm always astonished by the size of the roadkill. You know, like there's just the, yeah. <laughs> like there's this. It's all it seems a little wild um, yeah. on some level. Uh, do you? You seem like a, a progressive person. Do you feel like uh, the, the community you're in is reflects that as well? Very much so. Um, Kalamazoo is, so there's like a, I guess a slightly, I mean, I want to say long answer, like get ready for a lecture, but the, I, I just, you know, I recently traveled through a lot. I, I mean, stem to stern, I recently traveled through Michigan. Um, and I feel like we live in a state that's actually about eight states compressed into one. You right, know? right. And one of those states is this area here, um, Kalamazoo, and then I would say maybe Ann Arbor, and maybe parts of this town north of us called Grand Rapids, but yeah. I don't know. I'm, you know, th- we're, I mean, we're like Berkeley, California, compared to certain areas. It's just, they're, and it could be just me you know, sticking with my own scene or my own crew. Everybody I know is political and politically active and uh, deeply liberal, you know? Right, <laughs> right. Deeply liberal. And we're getting, I feel as if we're getting more liberal as we get older versus the opposite that happens, like, where people become, <laughs> that stupid old adage of, like, if you're not a communist at 20, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative at 40, you have no brain. That dumb thing. Yeah, I've, never, I've not heard that adage, but <laughs> uh, that's an interesting one. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah, I know where you're coming yeah, from. I'm sure 
Kissinger is behind that. At some point, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, yeah, I've I've been to I've been to a show or two in uh, Ann Arbor, and I was struck by I think that's like a university town or. Oh yeah, that is the university town. I mean, yeah, Ann, Ann Arbor, uh, Iowa City, Lawrence, Kansas. Those are yeah, that's right. Yeah, the identikit of a university town. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went yeah. to see. What's the name of the venue in Ann Arbor? The Blind Pig? Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Good. That's a cool club. That's a. I like. That's got good sound. Yeah. <laughs> I went and saw a Silver Jew show there on the their first uh, ever tour, uh, and it was oh, the wow. last show of that tour, and it was really fun and special. I don't. I don't know if you're a fan or if you were uh, around then, but yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was. Yeah, I like. I like that place. It was cool. Now you did allude to the fact that you just went on this bike trip and. Oh yeah. Uh, ostensibly, you and I, I planned this. I thought I would just check in with you as sure. you were making stops on the bike trip. But for whatever reason, I think I was on vacation and then uh-huh. had a bunch of other things I had to do. So we couldn't. Uh, I, I remember as soon as you you made a Facebook page about this bike trip and I wanted to reach out to you to see if we could do like little updates. But we, it didn't happen. In any case, the trip is long done now. What, tell us about the trip and, and how it was. What, what did you do? Oh, yeah. Um, I rode my bicycle from Kalamazoo to my in-laws' house in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and it was um, about 1,050 miles, so 1050. Man. I'm sorry, I don't know what the kilometer is. Is that like (laughs) 3,000 kilometers? Yeah, it's something like that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We can do the conversion. (laughs) People who are listening can... Canadians will mathematically do the conversion in their head. I'm not prepared to do that right now, but yeah, it's something like that. That's amazing. Why? So, how long did that take you? That took me, um, Jesus, 13 days of riding, and um, uh, I had a rest day in there. You know, you're supposed to take a rest day, so I think it's 14 days total. Um, and yeah, it was something that I've wanted to do for a few years. I wanted to do it before I turned. 40. I turned 40 next year. Okay. Um, and I wanted to do this before then as, um, geez, should I, I don't know why. I guess I wanted to do it for two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> One was, I'll give, I'll give again, I'll say the corny or the hokey answer first, and then I'll say the other one. Um, I think, I think at some level, uh, and this, and I don't mean to sound, you know, like a, like a dude when I say this, but I think we're either running away from our dads or we're running towards our dads sure and i am running so far toward my father he he set a level uh of i don't know how to be a person and and uh how to be you just had to be a good good person and accomplish a lot that is impossible to reach he's just such an incredible dude and i know that he has a huge influence over everything i do just all the time Hmm. and i think that at some level this trip was like yeah, what if I'm not doing this for my dad or because of my dad or like? <laughs> Sorry, did you say you were biking to your in-laws? Yeah, I biked to my in-laws and then we traveled to see my folks. My folks live in North Dakota too. Oh, your folks? Okay, so your parents are are still. And were they like, Ike, dude? Like, I know I, you like your dad, but come on, <laughs> there's a I limit. Haven't, yeah, I haven't told anybody that before, so I don't know. Oh, they, okay, okay. They're just. They're just the most, they're just super cool people. They're super normal, like wonderful. Um, my mom's wonderful, vibrant person. And my dad is this kind of polymath of a guy who can seemingly weirdly sort of just do anything and, and is a, just a great dude. I love him, love them both so much. 
and they were very supportive. I think they were a little confused because I'm not <laughs> uh, I'm not an athlete. You know, I wrestled in high school and played football, but you I'm seem not, to you, I'm not you, 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 well, some of your Facebook posts are just you kind of lip syncing and air drumming to songs while you're at the gym. Am I not? Is that right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I go to the gym pretty obsessively for the for the sole reason, and I I don't mind admitting this. So that I can compulsively overeat. So. <laughs> oh, I see. Right. That's that's a strategy. That's a definitely. Yeah. They say that it's not even you could run as long and bike as far as you want, but it's really about what you're putting in your mouth that actually. Yeah, will... yeah. And I just put uh, every uh, you know shitty piece of food. I can't. <laughs> so you not just a... anymore, but... <laughs> you justify that by going to the gym, even though you're really just it's like a circle of of uh, it's just an endless. Uh, illogical circle that you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, in. totally. Yeah, I'm sure a lipidologist would tell me like, oh, you've got five years left. Yeah, oh, your bike's in North Dakota. Oh, well, you'll be dead of a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So it's it's not necessarily health based. This is just the way you are, and you're you're embracing oh, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, totally addicted to food. I mean, I, and, and and I, my wife is um, just. A, I mean, I hate what, what a. What a 1950s thing to say. My wife is a really great cook, but I... <laughs> I'm the sa- uh, same boat. My, wife's, my wife is a great cook. I can't... It's yeah. a, it, almost to the point where I'm discouraged to cook myself. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I, 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 I totally identify with that. I wanted to make some salsa yesterday, and yeah. it was just like, ah, I'll do it. You know, like... <laughs> well, as a younger, before I met my wife, I would cook... Uh, okay. I mean, people who ate the food I made were like, this is good. And, you know, I have a... I've been told, or I guess I haven't been told. Well, I have been told this. Who would know? But I have a bit of a. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Palette. You know, I, I'm. I could. I. It, I can't decide. I, I can't decide if I'm discouraged or lazy at this point. But I don't <laughs> cook as much as my wife does. And uh, <laughs> but when I do, I always make breakfast for us. Uh, if uh, if I'm able to, unless I'm late for work or whatever, but I always make breakfast, and apparently that's great. And occasionally I will make a nice sandwich. But something about her being such a good actual cook has uh-huh. made me a little self conscious about my own cooking. And and when I make yeah. something, anything for her, I can make her a piece of toast, and yeah. she has to deal with. Is it okay? How's that toast? Is it all right? <laughs> Is a particularly good piece of toast. She's got to deal with that guy, you know. And I don't. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. I don't like it. So you're, you, it sounds like you're the same boat. Same trip. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. it's just easier to default to <laughs> like it's a gift and a, knocking it out of the park. So <laughs> it's a gift and a curse when your spouse uh, is a great cook. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we all aspire. Most of us aspire to be good 
cooks and good people who know how to do things and uh-huh. <laughs> anyway it's a weird thing so you so no, I, I'm um, fuzzy with geography I don't have a map in front of me Michigan to North Dakota how many states did you cross okay so I went through all of Michigan um, and then uh, uh, the t- top part of Wisconsin and then all of Minnesota and the bulk of the trip was Michigan because you know, Michigan is a huge state uh, in terms of you know, how, how weirdly spread out it is. There's the lower peninsula, which looks like a mitten, and then this upper peninsula. Right. Um, and so I started here, and I um, I left town, and a very bizarre thing happened as I was leaving town. Uh, I was biking, you know, north of town. I, I got to this point, which is about a mile from my house, where I started thinking, like, this is... I'm I'm making a horrible mistake. This is terrible. <laughs> and I like what what the what the hell am I doing? And then I see in the distance these people standing in a parking lot of like a it was like a church parking lot. And I thought, well, this is a, this is really early for a car wash. Like, what are these people doing? This is nuts. Uh-huh. And I got closer, and it was all of my friends holding signs and oh. wearing masks and just going completely, you know, apes. Uh, and it was. It was just like, oh, okay, I can do this, you know. And then I, you know, I ended up biking like, geez, I don't know how many miles that day, eighty or ninety miles that day, and wow, I was just ready to go. And then, and then from there, honestly, it was just this one adventure. Uh, adventure is a, t- a loaded word, but one uh, mountain of information to process after another. Like it was just one thing after another that was so overwhelming for my brain that was really great. So, so well, I'm curious about highlights, lowlights, uh, were there particular moments that stuck out for you? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, a few. There were, I mean, this is a little amorphous, but there, some of the highlights were, you know, just these, and you know what I'll say? I'll, I'll, um, they're, they're, I listen to music once in a while, and I listen to a lot of this band from Canada, actually, from from Regina called These Estates. Right. Um, they're just, I love I love them. I love their records. Uh, I think they're great, great all the way around. And I was listening to some of their records, and I would, like, look up, um, and I'm on the highway, Highway 2 at the shoulder of, uh, of the road, and there's trees everywhere, and there are, you know, hawks and herons, and there's deer, and I mean, it's like a Disney film, you know? <laughs> and, and, and the sun is coming through the trees, and the clouds are... Do- I mean, it's just the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. You feel like this sort of Thoreau scene or something. Yeah. And, and, then, and then you realize, like, oh, my God, I, I have 80 more miles to go today, and I'm, my cardiovascular is already taxed, and it's like this entire confluence of all of these really, really, really uh, visceral things happening. And those were highlights. Um, I, and I'm, I'm also super, I'm surprised, although I feel terrible saying it, but I'm surprised, uh, uh, the cynical part of me is surprised at how great people are, you know? I was going to ask about that, because it, it's a fairly, you mentioned sort of observing nature there, and I was thinking about what an isolating experience such a trip would be because you're just it's yeah. you and your bike and the odd uh, critter but you're saying yeah. you ran into some really nice people yeah when i would stop to get um something to eat or when i would stop for the evening um i mean it, w- it was like uh yeah I mean, it was really strange people would i'd come into a place to get something to eat and i'd be wearing these dignity killing biker shorts you know sure <laughs> sure right <laughs> disgusting you know they're the worst i mean it's they're sort of a function that's why people wear them uh-huh 
or people wear them because they're you know freaking creeps. I don't know, but right. Is that, you mean because they're so form fitting and? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Man, you're, yeah. you're you're there for for everyone to to to, uh, to judge. Yeah, <laughs> 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 like oh, I'm Irish. Come on, no. But then you 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 know you go in and people were literally this is insane. It happened several times. They're like, you know, hey, where are you biking? Oh, yeah, I'm on this trip. Well, come over. You know, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Or how are you doing? Or or my son or my daughter did that, and they had a great experience. So you you know I vacillate from being you know like uh, staring into the void and having the void stare back at me yeah and and then this incredibly social situation of kindness and goodness and and it was really 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 neat it, I mean that's that's selling it short but it was really neat no I I imagine in a particularly as we're as your country anyways gearing up for this uh, election cycle I suppose it's already Whoa. started but. Well, you know, when you're inundated with red state, blue state, divisiveness, yeah. and and yet you go and you talk to people, and people are people. I mean, it really kind of demonstrates how misleading your media can be, and and how yeah. you know everything is set up to be this polarity, and yet, right. you know, they hear you're on a bike trip, and who knows what their background is or whatever. You just get along, and I think that's something that gets lost in the noise. Yeah. So I can see why you would be uh, hardened by that for sure. Absolutely, and particularly, I well, I guess I'll just assume maybe you 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 bro down with similar people. Sure. Um, but I'm very quick to talk about, you know, events, politics, whatever it may be, with my friends. That's kind of all we talk about. That's our that's our lives, right? Everything is political. Yeah. And to be in a situation where you're sort of like, all right, man, you're not don't don't go there, don't press that button, and you find all of this tapestry of other things to talk about with these people and you know you ask one question and this incredible story comes out you know i asked yeah. I, I remember one family in particular was like they're just like they seem on the surface completely normal everything's just totally normal straightforward um and you asked like one specific question and it was just this you know this avalanche of just an incredible story like I would read that book, you know. <laughs> Can you just give us a, su- a summary of the story you're referring to, or? Oh man, yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy. I mean, they 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 asked me to sit with them at a at a, uh, a restaurant up north, in the in Upper Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was two kids, and then I didn't know what the relationship between between the two older adults was. I knew they were both a little older than me, but one looked substantially older than the other one. So I don't know if this was a parent and a spouse. And a kid or a spouse or what? It turns out they were married, and uh, very normal. You know, they use the kind of sort of coded language of "Oh, I feel blessed to do this. I feel blessed to do this." So you, I kind of figured, okay, they're. I would assume they're conservative or Christian or whatever. Sure, that's, right. That's fine. They yeah. were just we were having a nice conversation, and then I said, "So how did you know? How did you uh, end up up here?" And then this story about like a horrific back injury that the husband suffered on the job and a. A mind-numbing bicycle injury that the wife suffered when she was hit by a car and nearly lost her leg, and then that kind of transition to these two. What I mean, I didn't hear them play, so I don't know. But what seemed to be these two almost like musical prodigy children oh. that were playing with each other and were were doing, you know, they 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 they're they're now working on their close harmonies and like all of these kind of just crazy things of these two people who just sort of live in the middle of nowhere in a cabin the guy built on his own before his back gave out in 
and they're just doing their thing, you know, like yeah, homeschooling. Yeah. I mean, it was it was just fascinating. You know? that's, so, that's that's cool. That's great. I mean, that's you could probably uh, did you. Uh, I don't mean to pry. Did you do any sort of journal keeping or blog? I know you you started this Facebook thing, uh, mm -hmm. like a group to kind of give people who joined the group or you invited to the group uh, yeah. highlights of your trip. But did you do any kind of journal keeping about stuff like this? I took uh, a few little notes here and there, but nothing. Um, no, I, I didn't get. I didn't have like a sit down. I didn't bring uh, um, a journal with me. So when I would stay at a hotel, I would take the the pen and yeah, the, the yeah. paper and take little notes. And then I, you know, made, made other little memos on my phone, you know, cause these phones are just crazy now. These, I mean, I'm a late adapter <laughs> to this. I just got a cell phone for the first time last year. So this is, this is still, I feel like a caveman. I was a, um, I was a late adopter too. And now I'm obsessed. It's just a little computer, right? That you get to carry around with you. And yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a computer and a telephone and a television and uh yeah that's right you know a it's, flashlight it's, i mean it's amazing it's all consuming and all powerful yes it's weird <laughs> yeah and i yeah and then i did take little notes and um i think uh, weirdly enough i worked on lyrics as i was driving i have been through i don't want to say a bout of writer's block but i hadn't finished a song in a while mm -hmm. um and that is like yeah the floodgates are open now so i felt i felt that that was a really nice side benefit so I was working on little snippets of, of things I wanted to write about, you know. Yeah, and so you mentioned you stayed in some hotels. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what was the sleeping like for you? Were you just completely dead to the world when you got finally got <laughs> to a hotel and got to sleep? After about the fourth or fifth day, the first four or five days were really tense for me um, for sleeping, and I thought I was going to just You'd be so exhausted that I would just pass out, but that that kind of wasn't the case. Well, you got um, all this adrenaline that you're actually drumming up from your why It's like playing a I don't know if you've had this experience when you play a show. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm also a drummer. You're a drummer, which uh, yep. is the full body workout, really, in terms of music. You got a lot going on there, and oh yeah, you could be like, ah, I only slept two hours last night, and then you play a show, and then right. you're wired. You can't. I, I find I can't sleep after I play a show. It takes a, a long time to wind down. Oh, totally. Yeah, I think I think the first few days that was exactly it, mm -hmm. and I was camping a couple of those days, um, and I absolutely loathe camping. Yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan either, but I do it now, and I'm trying to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I just I'm not comfortable camping. No, me either. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, I love hiking. I love obviously uh, spending. Uh, Every waking moment I can out of doors, I'm I'm happy to do that. I just want to sleep in my own bed or in a bed. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. No, I hear you. Yeah. So that wasn't yeah. helping anything. No. And then after, yeah, after about five days, I was able to just sort of uh, just tune it off and or tune it out, I should say, and and fall asleep. Um, and 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 even like after difficult days. Ironically, I mean, it's pretty long days. I don't know what other people bike, but I know for me it was long. I did one. 125 day and then one 118 day man oh man and, um, you, and you've never done anything quite you've never done any bike races nope. or anything before or oh no. lord no no i mean i started cycling in my well everybody bikes when they're a kid and stuff but i started doing it in the summertime during college and uh just nothing serious i mean i remember you know biking 10 miles once and thinking like oh my god i can't believe it this is incredible how yeah. did i bike 10 miles yeah and then over the past maybe five years, getting a little more serious about it, um, to the point of 
doing a lot of the trails around Kalamazoo. And then there's this beautiful trail that runs from my house out to Lake Michigan and back in round trip. It's about 78 or 80 miles. So I do that pretty, you know, I try to do that as much as I could. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just got that, that bee in my bonnet. No, it's, it's, I bike, I bike every day to work unless, uh, I need the, to take the car somewhere or something. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. And I like it. It's a very hilly, it's a very short bike ride. It's only about a 15 minute bike ride, uh, ah. or a 45 minute walk, I guess, but it's all really hills. It's either your, oh, it's yeah. like a hill. It's a big hill down both ways, obviously. It's just a val, it's like a, I don't know how to describe it. I'm taking, I'm going downhill. For quite a ways the, on the way there, and then up a giant hill, and then obviously the same route back. So yeah. I, uh, what I found, like even this week uh, when I've been very tired, biking's weird, right? Because it's not the human body and biking. I find it's never consistent. I find that like some days I'm ripping up those hills, and other days I'm like I can barely make it up this hill. Absolutely. Uh, you found you you're finding that you found the same thing. Like each day you're like, oh, I did I did 125. I'm gonna I'm gonna break that tomorrow, and then you you're like ah. I don't oh know yeah, if, the, yeah. The hardest day was thirty. I mean, the hardest day was thirty or thirty-five miles. It was by far the hardest because of specifically the hills. Yeah. And then the rain. It was really rainy oh, and man. Yeah. thunderstormy, and that was it. Was it was absolutely miserable. And physically, I was more taxed that day than any day. Mentally, I was on pins and needles. I almost got clipped by a logging truck a couple of times. Well, what, were um, you taking? You weren't taking major routes, were you? Oh, yeah. No, I did. I t- Well, uh, getting my way up to, um, so in Michigan, it's, you know, the Upper Peninsula and Lower Peninsula are separated by this um, bridge called the Mackinac Bridge. Uh-huh. Um, it's a five-mile bridge. It's a huge structure. And so getting up to this bridge to get from the Lower Peninsula to the Upper Peninsula, I did tr- mostly trails, but then highways. There's a, long, there's a, 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 wide, um, a wide shoulder on most of it. And then the bulk of the trip going from east to west to North Dakota was all on Highway 2. My God, I thought you would be, you'd figure out a back road way to all of these. I didn't even think of that. Like you're so like on major highways. If we look to our right, there there'd be Ike. Just like oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, and, and a couple people saw me that I know, and a, a friend actually stopped and gave me a water purification system. I I kind of had it in my mind that they would be coming through up there at that day, but I didn't really know. And all of a sudden, I see this van pull off right in front of me, and yeah, it was just amazing. And there's a wide, there are extra wide shoulders up there because, and I figured this out after about three days, because of snowmobiles, so that you can oh, ride right. on snowmobiles, you know, uh, in the winter time. Um, but the you know for cyclists, we we benefit from it. Except for Wisconsin, they don't have wide shoulders. In okay, so it's they, it's clearly not like illegal for uh, non uh, vehicles. I don't know how to describe them for like snowmobiles, bicycles. You're permitted to actually ride on the highway. On Highway Two, yep. There's in like, the um, shoulders, obviously in the shoulders. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's these. There's a. I'm sorry, I don't know the, the website off the top of my head, but there's a wonderful resource about like official bike lane highways. Oh, okay. um, in the United States, and there's some in Canada. In fact, I want to say in Canada, it might actually just be. What's the main highway that cruises right into Toronto? Is it the 401? One? The 401, yeah. 401. That's the one. I I think, and I don't quote me on it, but I thought that was it. I thought that's. There's. The I have say. never, unless it's if you see a cyclist on the 401, it's like some weird freak occurrence. Like there's, <laughs> n- you never ever. I don't. Th- I actually don't think that's legal. 
Uh, I've oh, heard I've God. heard of people biking from Guelph to Toronto, but they always take like the side roads. Okay, um, okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure I don't. I'm not a cop. I don't know the traffic laws <laughs> too well, but I'm fairly like I. You never like just never. I would. It would be nuts. Yeah. You're actually not even allowed. What I I had a car breakdown. I don't know, ten years ago or something, and uh-huh. pulled over to the side of the road right near an exit, like right near uh, just a, the the closest exit that just happened to break down. Yeah, uh, and and we got out of the car and walked to we took the, we walked to the exit and went to the gas station and called the the police or whatever uh-huh. or, or like CAA and uh, no we called the the, the like the this the, well, you have the AAA we have CAA can't you the yeah, auto, yeah, yeah 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 mm-hmm. so we called the CAA and there happened to actually be an OPP officer in the gas station and he said where's your where's your car I'm like oh my van is just just on the highway he's like how'd you get here and I said well we we walked. He's like, you can't walk. You, you're not allowed to walk the the side of the highway. You're, they, people oh, get God. they apparently people do that all the time. I you rarely I rarely see it, but people do it all the time, and they get hit. They get oh, hit man. by cars and they die, and they never re- oh. and the, and they don't report these deaths because they're so they're so frequent and they're so I don't know why I we were told that they just don't even talk about the deaths for whatever reason I don't know why uh, you would think that Canadian would be Canadian conspiracy yeah there it is yeah I yeah. think they're just so heinous and weird I think people see oh. people's eyes wander on the road and I, I guess I, I anyway it's b- bizarre to me that that would happen but anyway yeah Jeez. so I don't well, I don't I don't think you'd be permitted to cycle that's all I'm saying I'm, I'm gonna cycle through um I'm gonna cycle through Canada or part of Canada next summer oh hopefully. There's gonna be one of two trips I'll do, but that I gotta I gotta get my uh, my stuff together, you know, to do that. Then even crossing the from... even crossing the border on your bike might be weird. I have no idea how that works. I don't know. I know I've got a I have a friend um, from Chicago who's in this incredible incredible band called Hungry Man. This wonderful wonderful band mm-hmm. that cycled from Chicago to Toronto and back. And I you know we we was gonna talk him about the talk to him about the route. Um, and I'm going to go from here to New York through Canada, you know. Uh, What's bringing you to Canada? Oh, I love Canada. I love Toronto, and I, um, I've i always enjoyed traveling there. My wife, my wife and I will go there occasionally. I think the last time we went there, we saw Ladyhawk play uh, well, in this... the basement of this really kind of fancy restaurant, you know. Oh, uh, the Drake? Was it the Drake? I'm not sure. It like, was, a, like in Toronto on Queen Street. It was in Toronto. It was on a major street. It wasn't Young Street. Um, it, it was. It was a glorious night. I mean, we we walked around Toronto. We stayed in. We got a really cheap hotel uh, in where near, right next to where the the Blue Jays play. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what we and, what we used to call the Sky Dome, and now it's called something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Tim Hortons. No, no. Uh, it's like it's the Rogers Center. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm just going to continue to call it the Tim Hortons Donut Dome, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we, we watched two... No ladies. one's ever called it that, by the way. I don't know where that name came from. I don't think <laughs> there's, a, there's a Facebook page now that's like, I still call it Sky Dome because people are... It's That was the original name, the Sky Dome, but when it got bought yeah. by Rogers, they called it the Rogers Center, but no one calls it that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great. I've seen ball games there. That's a great place to see a game. Oh I know, man, I know. you really think so? I I I got to go to Wrigley Field a couple of years ago, and it blew my yeah. mind. I hadn't been to another Major League Baseball park, and it was the Cubs, so there was that, I right. guess. But at the same, and you know, it wasn't a great game. Uh, right. I think they were playing the. Who were they playing? The Padres or something? Anyway, 
Yeah. The experience, the reverence and respect for the game in uh -huh. Chicago versus the Blue Jays experience was, I mean, it's a bit different now. The Jays are doing well, but like the the noise, the music, the jumbotron, yeah. the people throwing airplanes on the paper airplanes on the field in Chicago it was like, I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but it was almost like church. It was like, this is, a, this is a, you respect the game. Uh -huh. There was no bells and whistles. They had a very minimal, quaint. I understand they're retrofitting the Wrigley Field now to have some of this, you know, jumbotron stuff. But I really, well, they, they, yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed the tranquil. This is a game, and we're watching the uh -huh. game, and the game is the most important thing here, not blasting Nickelback and whatever else, you know. <laughs> So I, I really enjoyed uh, that experience. But yeah, I, I'm not trying to downplay. I'm glad you had a good experience. In I, I meant to ask you this. It's in my notes here. Like you are, uh, I've come to realize that you are somewhat obsessed with Canada, uh, Canadian music. You're a big fan of it. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, um, I, yeah, I really enjoy Canada and Canadian music. I think the proximity of North Dakota you know, growing up there, um, for some very weird reason, they would play on, you know, the classic rock station where I grew up. We, we got two stations where I grew up. One was a classic rock station, and then one was a whatever pop station. Um, oh, there had to have been a country station, too, I imagine. Sure. But, you know, they would play the Tragically Hip on there, and and that was like, you know, when I was getting into records, that was, that was awesome. And then seeing them on Saturday Night Live, that was a big um, deal. I took the night off work to tape that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, I I deliberately didn't go out that night. I stayed home mm -hmm. and watched them, and it was like, man, I'm watching them. This is I like these songs, but not only that, like they're really great. Like this looked like a really this was really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm sure right now there's a whole bunch of people groaning, like oh, it's like well, yeah, that, about Pearl Jam. But. No, no, I, yeah, I think they have a bit more. They yeah, there's always that cohort of people that. Um, We'll say that stuff, but they. Are, I think that at the same time they have far more respect than, than, uh, than you would think, even among snobbier people. Um, Good. I think so because they. I think the way they've handled, they carry themselves. They've always kept themselves. It never seems tokenistic. They've always been really in touch with underground music, and uh, often will have when they can uh, those kind. You know, underground music opening acts, and they challenge their audience a little bit with that stuff, and. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're not just... Well, I mean, yeah. the dude made a record with the Sadies guys, too, right? I he mean, did, he, yeah. Gord Downey made the Sadies record, but I think more, even more significantly, he made these solo records with people from Eric's Trip and the Rio Statics oh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Dinner is Ruined. I mean, he didn't... And the Sky Diggers. Like, I think they're yep. they're very community-oriented and, and coming from where we already discussed coming from in terms of punk they don't make right they don't make punk music because they just don't but they yeah. they, they i think they have this sense of community that that makes them uh hard to to dislike that's heartening to hear um uh in a lot of ways just because you know we just get the public persona right the, from yeah uh and, and obviously in the past 15 years i get more of the public persona because of the internet <laughs> you know yeah i mean there's not, Before, I'm not they were just a mysterious band to me that i i just had records by but then 
you know, yeah, you get more of an oh, he says this in an interview or something like sure. that. Sure. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, they're, they're they're my experience with them have always been good, uh, healthier than some uh, that you would expect to be good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Uh, like uh, they've been kind and and uh, supportive and and it and I yeah I grew up liking their music as well. So I keep up with them. They're a band I still keep up with. So I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm. It's interesting. It's interesting to yeah. hear hear an american uh person talk about that as well now you are we mentioned you're in several bands uh yeah. and among them i the ones i the one i know the best is minutes but uh what's coming up next for you in terms of uh musical projects yeah okay um yeah it was a slow summer i mean i usually the summers where i pack in lots of shows and recordings and everything but this summer was focused on biking and um and aikido i do aikido with chafe from Chafe is my bandmate in minutes. Okay. And then we also have a new band with the uh, with Mark um and Mark's fiance, Toby. We have a new band as well, and Mark is in minutes as well. Um and uh so we've been focusing on that stuff and then now we're really yeah, we're really hitting it, I guess, on on a new band we have. We don't have a name yet. Uh every single great name is taken, so <laughs> we don't know <laughs> we don't know what to call it. But we yeah, we're getting to the point where we're probably going to be ready to play shows in uh, in a couple months, maybe three months or so, and it feels super exciting. It actually feels as exciting as when we first started Minutes, like it was this crazy breath of fresh air. Um, so there's that going on, and then I played drums in a, um, I don't know what you'd call it, maybe psych rock or um, droney rock music. Definitely droney. I got some Godspeed vibes uh, when I was listening to it the other day. If you're sure, talking, if yeah. you're if you're talking about Brown Company, I mean, Brown Company, yeah, yeah, we're we're um we're playing a couple shows coming up here, and then we're going to finish a record, um, and I don't know when that'll be out or anything, but we're we're working on it, and um, that band has been really super rewarding to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, the I don't think the dudes mind me saying I'm the I'm the youngest dude in the group, um, and the other guys have just been they've been playing music since you know the since 1980. Oh, <laughs> wow. yeah, been, yeah. And they're just all, you know, a couple of them are not quite that, you know, along the, along that way, but they're just all really good dudes, and they have totally different perspective than the Minutes bros, um, uh, because we're all more the same age and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, so there's a, it's been really, really challenging and fun, and every song is super long, like all the songs are so darn long, and that's weird to kind of stretch out on the drums you know, for 20 minutes or something. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a totally different thing. And do you have plans at any point to bring one of these projects to Canada? Because I don't know that you've played up here. No, I've never played a show in Canada. I've never, I don't think I've ever played a show overseas. I think I sat in with somebody once when I lived in Norway. Oh. Um, maybe. And I, and that's a fuzzy memory because I was, I was drinking then. And <laughs> right, sure. And you were in Norway, yeah. I I was in Norway, and it was gnarly, yeah. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, but no, that would be a dream for for somebody. Uh, All all of us in, I'll talk about the new band, Minutes Crew, we're all, you know, we've, a couple of us have kids. Um, Yeah, yeah. Ryan in Minutes uh, lives in D.C., and he he and his wife just had twins. Right. So they've got little bambinos at home that they're, you know, we were minutes is up on blocks for a little bit because of that. Thankfully, we love, you know, we're all we're pro, we're pro family, but not in that gross uh, right wing <laughs> way. So. We, uh, I did really want to bring minutes up to uh, Toronto uh, at one point, uh, and I couldn't convince some of the people I was working with that it was a, 
a viable idea. I mean, you'd have to come a long way to play a short set at a festival kind of thing. Um, oh, we'd love, we would love to do that. And particularly if we could just borrow gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backline. To Total yeah. backline situation. I thought it would be easy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. Let's, we'll, yeah. we'll, we should keep in touch about that. Um, yeah. Ike, is there a, uh, where can people learn more about some of your uh, bands, first of all? Um, you yeah. know, I don't know the names of the specific addresses, but we b- both Minutes and Brown Company have Facebook pages and uh, Bandcamp pages, and yeah. um, you can listen to everything for free. A lot of stuff on, I think a lot of it's just free to download if you want. Mm-hmm. Our records are now, um, yeah, I think I can, I think this is the way it is. I mean, uh, my friend John um, from New Jersey John Solomon, he helps Minutes out with distribution, and um, we did some recording recently. We might put a new record out, uh, maybe I'd say in the next two years. <laughs> we work really slowly. But if when that comes out, it'll either be fully distributed by him or put out by him. I'm not sure. So This is Minutes still? Minutes, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. okay. We, we still tinker around. We write songs for Minutes, and then uh, can, we're lucky in Minutes. We have three, band, we have three songwriters. Um, and we all switch, you know, Brian and I switch instruments um, between drums and guitar. Okay. And, you know, if you write the song, you play it on guitar, and, and that's how it goes. Okay. And then Mark, Mark, the bass player, he's the dude who pulls it all together. So, yeah. <laughs> so is there, now I'm intrigued. I was going to say, is yeah. there a song we can go to? I'm actually curious if there's a new song, something that we could play that uh, w- that wouldn't get you in trouble by <laughs> one of your projects. Because uh, I know there's some stuff out on Bandcamp, and uh, forgive me for... Uh, even uh, imposing a, this upon you, but is there something we could play that uh, might be uh, something that we haven't heard yet? Oh no! Don't, you know those dudes would uh, they would uh, they would gut me if I played the if I played like the scratch recording, <laughs> the unmixed scratch recordings. Oh would, uh, oh, I'm sorry. The minutes recordings aren't done. They no, uh, gosh, no, no. Oh, they're, they're, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Four, I thought maybe four, the... I think four songs in a state of 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 one form or another. And then we hope, I mean, I hope we just start building a record from it. That okay, I'm sorry, sorry. I thought you had suggested that maybe it was uh, something was closer to being done. A- in any case, it was probably uh, impolite of me to be like, give me something new now. No, not at all. No, I'm way <laughs> into that trip of like, you know, like PJ Harvey recently did that thing where she, uh, you know, where she recorded a record in front of people. And, yeah, that's and, right. You know, Beauty Pill did the same thing. They recorded a record in front of people. Um, I, I think Chad would probably want me to say Beauty Pill did it first. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but but th- that that um, that is my speed. I love that. I love. I, I would share everything with everybody all the time. I think, much to my bandmates' chagrin, they're a little more particular about. Yeah, that sure. Stuff. No, no. I, so. I, I that that's fair. Is there a song we can uh, go out on uh, from one of your bands? Oh, um, yeah. What the heck? I mean, you know what? I really. I really like a song that no one else seems to really like by minutes off of our last album, um, a song called Boxes. I think that Chafe wrote some really um, beautiful, simple lyrics. And when we wrote that song, it was like this kind of gnarly... We were all listening to a lot of Carp at the time, Uh a band we all love. Um, And in my mind, I was like, oh, this is like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're... This is the... This is our carp song, and then when they when we recorded it, I want to say the main rhythm, other than the drums, is like an acoustic guitar, and I just think it sounds so beautiful. I'm I'm so proud of Chief uh, of his of the way he sings it and the lyrics and all of that. I'm proud of that song. So, okay, but so this is yeah. from the Minutes record Roland, which you can get now, and uh, it's it was definitely one of my favorite records from whatever year it came out. Was that 2013? 
I think so. Maybe the end of 2013, uh, official release was 2014. But okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know how it is nowadays. It's uh, it's just like a sliding scale of release schedule stuff. I remember, I recall writing a review of it, maybe well after it had come out. But anyway, <laughs> I, I can't remember what year that was. In any case, Roland, great record by Minutes. This is Boxes. Uh, Ike, this was a, a real pleasure. You're, you're an interesting dude. I'm glad we finally got oh. a chance to catch up, and uh, it was nice to have you on the show. You know, thank you so much, Beach. That is just the sweetest uh, thing. I, I, I have listened to your show for a while. You know, I mean, where, where else am I going to hear my friend Tim and then Hal Gelb and Sharpling and Worcester and Janet Weiss? Where, where else am I going to hear all of those people talking candidly? I mean, it was really, really great. Oh, so, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, best of luck with everything going forward. Far out. You have a good one. Can't seem to accept the massage. Spastic, stretch, elasticity Remember me, where am I yet? Where do I belong? Let's raise a castle of liberty We shift them around so you can see Don't let them hassle you Go ahead and shift them all around I'm mesmerized by your large eyes Just to get what's quick This man is just swirling tight Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. 
And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.